Tēnā koutou e tēnei ahi ahi. Welcome to the panel, RNZ National. Kia mō toro mai, koutou katoa coming up on the programme. Smaller classes and smaller teacher aids. That's what a review of school staffing for the Primary Teachers Union, the NZEI, has called for. It's crunch time, something's got to change, they're saying. Also this afternoon, could congestion charging be coming to Wellington? Do you support it? Dr Errol Crampton joins us today. And general practitioners throughout the country are fielding dozens of questions daily on the COVID-19 vaccine. We asked some of those questions with Dr Brian Betty from the College of GPs. And cycling components, well, they, opponents rather, they plan a counter-protest on Sunday over the Auckland Harbour Bridge. We talk about that around 4.40. And an item in The Guardian which we mull over, my sister and I are creatives, marooned in the family home. Our parents want us to get real jobs. Should they have to get real jobs? Why don't you weigh on on that? 2101 is the number to text. You can email us to uh, the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me today, Victoria Stewart, CEO of tech law firm Kendrick Partners. Kia ora, Victoria. Hi, Wallace. How are you? I'm well. And Peter Field, who is Head of School, Humanities and Creative Arts and an Associate Professor of History at Canterbury University. Peter, welcome to the panel. Oh, what better way to spend a Friday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well said. That's the spirit. <laughs> That's the spirit. Well, lovely to have you both on. Now, let's jump into our Friday mailbag. Thoughts on climate change. Liz says, you are talking about climate issues. I think one thing that has struck me is the number of stores that keep their doors wide open while heating the store. One example on Lambton Quay has a double door kept open at all times and the staff are not allowed to close them, even though it makes the staff cold at times. So all that heating is pouring out into the street all winter. How many stores throughout Aotearoa are doing this? Wasting electricity and not helping climate goals, says Liz. Now, uh, I want to I go around the panel on this because um, I guess uh, as a person who spent many years in Dunedin, if you go into a cafe, they keep their doors always closed and it's wonderfully snug in a cafe. Uh, come to Auckland, all doors open, a breeze blows through and it's a shocker. What about you, Peter? What, what, what do you prefer? <laughs> what do I prefer? I, I prefer saving the climate, yes. <laughs> oh. But, but, Close but, the but, door. But, but are, you a, are, you a door, are you one of those people who get up from your table and go to close the door if it's open? Well, you know, I'm an American from the coldest part of America, well, other than uh, um, Alaska. And I can tell you the idea of having indoor and outdoor being approximately the same temperature, if you can live with it, is a great thing. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Victoria? Um, I am one of those people that gets infuriated if you're sitting in a cafe and someone leaves the door open. I always get up and shut it. It's just absolutely rude. Always. Yeah. So you actually do. You actually... You get you get up and you shut the door. Yeah, well, if the mm. door is shut, it's shut to keep the warmth in, and uh, I just think people are quite selfish when they just leave it wide open. It is interesting though because uh, I've spent a bit of time in Wellington, and uh, they do tend to shut the doors in Wellington, but in Auckland they keep them open. Well, that's Aucklanders for you, isn't yeah. it? They're just more inconsiderate than the rest of the population. Two one zero one thoughts on that one. Uh, we also talked about 3D guns, uh, the growing issue of printing your own gun at home, and maybe it's the printers that should be licensed. Josh says, it's silly to require or suggest a license for 3D printers. You may as well uh, suggest a license for a screwdriver or a computer. Address criminal conduct, not possession of multi-purpose tools and technologies. Licensing tools will just take law enforcement resources away from chasing actual crime, not... 
those who have a generic tool in their possession. Uh, we also discussed holiday disasters. That was the topic yesterday, and Kay wrote to us. This is mine, says uh, Kay. Travelling in a fried-out VW Combi, we realised the brakes on our van didn't work well at all. This was driving around in the mountains in Croatia. We stopped multiple times along the way to Turkey to have them repaired. The mechanics could not speak English and I couldn't speak Croatian, Greek or Turkish. But we had the mutual understanding of German. So I was the designated communicator with these men. Not being an expert on vehicle parts, it led to some amusing misunderstandings as I used my dictionary to translate certain vehicle parts in German. Our brakes never got repaired and we nearly took, our se- took out several Mercedes in Monte Carlo later in our trip. So got me to thinking, Victoria, any travel mishaps that immediately come to mind for you? Oh, crikey. Um, probably too many to mention, but nothing I can, of course, think of. But I tell you what, having brakes fail in Monaco is pretty dangerous when you think about the hills that are there. Didn't yes. work out too well for Grace Kelly, did it? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about you, uh, Peter? You've travelled widely. Well, yes. Well, it's hard to talk about this, as we know, because it's so sad just a week after uh, the terrible, terrible accident in Ashburton, which is absolutely really far mm. from here. So mm. um, I'm tempted to make light and make fun, but I just can't. Mm. No, 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 no. That's absolutely. And um, someone says, I had uh, lunch in Whanganei last week at a Thai restaurant. Doors closed, no heating staff wearing puffer jackets and beanies, <laughs> but at least the curry was hot. Uh, <laughs> uh, now... We also had uh, Emeritus Professor Ralph Sims on the program, uh, who got a big response. We talked this is on the back of the Climate Commission uh, findings, uh, the report, and Professor Sims said, actually, the best thing that you can do, I asked him, what's one thing that we can do? He said, look at what you can do to make a change is reducing your carbon footprint and cited food waste as the top of the list, food being uh, highly emissions intensive. And he said food waste is extraordinary. So that's one thing. And Linda got in touch and said uh, yesterday, you asked your guest to suggest one more thing you could uh, take on at home to reduce your carbon footprint and contribute to ameliorating climate change. Linda says, I have a suggestion. Why not ask your listeners to send in ideas for one small step, personal changes that they have made, and choose one to read out every day on the program. And I do believe Linda is with us now. Linda, are you there? Yeah, kia ora, Wallace. Kia ora, lovely to have you on the program. Thank you. Did it resonate with you, that idea of everybody having one small step? Well, it did partly because I've been following the Climate Change Commission reports and um, they they talk about um, stakeholders, but we're all stakeholders, you know, in mm. the future of the planet and, and not just those of us with a, with a financial interest in not changing anything. And I think that um, people, people really know lots of stuff and and you're in a you're in a position to to spread that around to spread <laughs> the good word. So right. I thought that's probably the, the the one useful thing. You know, you asked for one useful thing, so that's what I thought you could do. Very helping, uh, helping sort of uh, bring the issue to light. I guess. What about you, Linda, in your home? Because uh, I I quite I quite related to food waste because I did an interview about it a year or two ago and just realised the actually 
thousands of tonnes in Aotearoa that we do waste. I was quite astonished, actually, that the, the amount. Uh, I'll try and get the figure up for you before the end of the show. So, you know, for example, we try and buy uh, to what we eat. We So we make a list, and if there's, for example, a broccoli, we, we do sort of chuck the stem in now for the stew. What do you do at home? Oh, you were asking about... I had, I had said to you that um, people don't realise that you can actually use the stalks of cauliflower as well. You can just slice them very finely and add them with whatever, whatever else you're doing with your cauliflower, yeah. or you can sauté them separately. And I think I got that idea from someone like Otto Lenghi or, or um, Nigel, oh, yeah. you know, in one of those books. Good and, on them. Um, you know, you don't have to throw away the stalks of vegetables, especially people throw away silver beet stalks, which is amazing. Can you eat silver beet stalks? Oh, my goodness, they're just delicious. Can you eat them? Yes, of course you can. You just cook them along with the leaves. You put them in a little bit, a few minutes before the leaves. Why have, Peter, why have, have I been cooking silver beet with the leaves only for 30 years? Yes, that's a really tough one to answer. Um, you have to ask Linda more about that. But, but it, it is ironic, though, that refrigeration, when it first came in, right, was thought to be this great way to save food from wastage. And, of course, right. what it means is that we end up throwing out much more food that's been in the fridge. Mm. So that didn't really quite work out so much. How interesting. Yeah. Hey, Linda, thanks for your time. Okay, thank you, Wallace. Very good. What about Victoria? Because uh, it's a nice idea, and I'd like to uh, have the listeners' intake on this, feedback on that. One small step, 2101. Victoria, what's yours? Oh, oh goodness, I don't have a small step, but I completely agree with this concept of, mm. like, I in the past have, I aspirationally buy food. You know, I want to eat more vegetables, therefore I buy them, and then I yeah. end up throwing them out. And it's just, I'm just trying to be more mindful of what I buy and make sure I use it. And if I don't use it, I don't buy it again. Mm. Here's one. Rachel says, clean, dry plastic is stuffing safely for beanbags and cushions. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, mm. What about you, Peter? Well, I don't know. I want to make a, a pun on the word stakeholder but I'm resisting it. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I would go vegetarian. That might be a start, okay. but I, ha- I haven't yet. Haven't yet. Good on you. All right, uh, time for I've Been Thinking. Victoria, would you like to start? Yeah, a bit of a gripe from me. Um, I'm just feeling very frustrated with the current Labour government. They seem to be all spin and no action, and everyone I talk to actually feels quite similarly, And um, but the comment is always, well, you can't criticise Jacinda. And I guess I've been really gobsmacked at the lack of of scrutiny and um, challenge and criticism that this government is getting in the media. Um, just a couple of examples. The, our vaccine rollout is actually, by international standards, ridiculously low. We're one of the poorest performing countries in the OECD. Yet, according to the media and the government, it's marvellous, we're doing well, we're ahead of schedule. Um, the other example is a great Mike King post where um, he comments on Jacinda talking about Labour having made good progress with youth mental health and then he compares it to a range of horror stories that he's heard about recently. And, you know, I accept no government's perfect. Um, no, what, is, what government is perfect? Name well, one. That's well, the thing. Well, none are, but I tell you no, what, exactly. I've not seen any other government get such an easy ride as this Labour government, and I just... Uh, they, there needs to be more easy transparency. Ride, easy ride how? Um, the media does not question them 
hardly at all. I, I'm, you know, I find it gobsmacking actually. And it seems to be Jacinda is perfect. You mustn't say anything bad about Jacinda. But Jacinda isn't actually the government. And yes, they're very good at talking the game, but they're not actually following through. Okay. All right. Uh, do you agree? I'd love to hear your feedback, feedback on that. Uh, yes or no or, 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 or other to Victoria. Thanks, Victoria. Appreciate it. Uh, Peter, I've been thinking. Well, I wonder. We could start now, Victoria. So, ready? But uh, no, I've been thinking about, um, and this will fit into the earlier discussion, I've been thinking about leaving the lights on. Wallace. How apt that you have uh, it? Uh, to wit, um, I wonder, for example, if Greta Thunberg's parents, I'd like to talk to them and see if they share my frustration about leaving the lights on. So I don't understand why my children protest their parents' generation's failures on climate change, and yet habitually they leave their lights on when they leave a room. Mm. So why am I the one who always says to turn off the lights? Yeah, no, so, with you, Peter. No, with so, you. I, I, uh, and, and let me get more serious. I, I love to be humorous, but let me be more serious. I saw in Christchurch, I'm not kidding, I saw in Christchurch a perpetually lighted billboard advertising a reminder to worry about climate change. No kidding. So please, <laughs> can we not pass legislation before it's too late banning backlit, perpetually lit advertisements. My gosh, get rid of them. Well, there's your one small step. What a great... I've never heard that idea before. Uh, what, why is it that we need... Surely they need, they need to be on some sort of timetable. Do we need to have a 24-7 backlit billboard? Apparently, well, they we, use we managed without th- them for 75 yeah. years. Maybe we could live without them now. By the way, my wife, uh, when she met me, she said that she wanted a man with a giant carbon footprint. So, right. So that was something. So, okay. Uh, Yep. I thought you were going somewhere else. I was a bit disturbed about what was going to be <laughs> yeah, said. Yeah, it was going to be, mm, <laughs> hello you, Friday. Uh, now, silver beet stems, I cut large stems into slabs, gently steam, dry them, then uh, put them in seasoned flour, then beaten egg, then more flour, rice crumbs, bread crumbs, whatever. Shall I fry these stalks? Delicious veggie fingers. Tasting a little oysterish. So good. Uh, make a gratin. Gratin with silver beet stalks, Wallace. Unbelievable. That's what I'm going to do. That's that'll be my uh, Sunday night dinner. Silver beet stalks. What do you think? Uh, we have uh, a lot to discuss on the panel this afternoon. So thank you very much for joining me today, Friday afternoon. Victoria Stewart and Peter Field. Do join us four to five, right here at our Indian National.